episode 60 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about the eighth installment of the Board Game Geek Gen Con 2022 preview list. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I talk about games from Osprey Games, Pegasus Spiel, Pendragon Game Studio, Perplexit, Phalanx, Phase Shift Games, Plaid Hat Games, Plan B Games, Portal Games, and Pretzel Games. All the games we mention can be found in the episode description. We're going to mention Sky Mines at some point, and you should know that it's a re-implementation of Mombasa by Alexander Pfister. If that means nothing to you, no worries. I think the theming in the old one was hot garbage, maybe? But do your own research there. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about the Board Game Geek Gen Con 2022 preview list. Still. An osprey, isn't that like a type of bird? I, there's only one way to find out. Uh, their games don't suggest, nor their logo. So they're not giving hints to that. Yeah, it's a seahawk. Oh. A river hawk, a fish hawk, or other names for an osprey. Now that's going to be a diurnal fish-eating bird of prey. Diurnal. Good word. Yeah. No, they don't. It's just an OG on their logo. They are not talking about that bird at all. Which is awesome as well, because it could mean original gangster games, but it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. The first one they're bringing is Crescent Moon. That is a new release. Four to five players. Huh. So how about that for a play count? Wow. It's been a while. Now, it calls itself an ambitious, asymmetric area control game of tense negotiations. <laughs> this this has no place in my home. No. No, they might as well. I mean, their logo or their uh, catchphrase, whatever that thing's called, is just like a deterrent, I feel like. Like, don't complain to us when you buy right. this game. We told you. It's a game you. of tense negotiations. Ambitious, asymmetric. Like, just asymmetric area control is like, eh, ambitious makes me concerned. And tense negotiations, uh, that happens in family weight games sometimes right. in my house. <laughs> so I can't imagine if that's the intent. I don't know. Maybe in some ways that's the intent and then it like has a weird de-escalating effect because we just all know it's happening. I did tell Aaron the other day, like, I have to try to imagine playing a game where someone wants to do me harm at every moment. And I like that. I, that's a whole new way of thinking. Right. <laughs> and I think that's his default mode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a training ground for me. So it looks nice, this game. Like, looks I awesome. Yeah. Really like the art. Now, is it a bit bog standard as far as, oh, look, it's textiles and wooden pieces in colors and, and more like cardboard tiles on top of that? It is. But in a way that feels very delightful and comforting. So it's a shame that I will have no part in this. It looks lovely. I'm sure I'd love to watch other people play it and see what happens. Oh, for sure. No, it looks, yeah. And I like the the color palette used. Mm-hmm. Black, pink, over like on top of sand kind mm-hmm. of colors on there. Yeah. I don't know. It's really, uh, it's visually doing a lot for me. Yeah, it, it looks great. And that asymmetric thing, so each of these colors seems to come with its own pretty big card about i'm guessing what you specifically get to do you have some uh playing cards that's like a player aid that looks to be the size of like a sheet of notebook paper you have some cards and then of course yeah all of your tokens and sort of a shared map in the middle where you're doing that area control looks lovely i like the different icons for each player like one player is a camel one player is a snake one has like Mm -hmm. a sword so yeah really like the look of that one 
it's a it's a pity I won't want any part of it. Right. <laughs> and then Will you want part of Cryptid Urban Legends also no, by Osprey Games? I won't. Again, it's a little of the spooky kind of side, spooky monster stuff. Not usually, not usually my thing. I don't know. I thought this was going to be a expansion, just the way that it has the cryptid colon urban legends. Right. Was there also cryptid rural legends? Oh, maybe. Cryptid. Now, the art is Quan Chai Moria. We'll just walk into a game store and then be like, oh, what's this pretty box? And it's his art. And then I'll buy it basically just on that. It is a two player only game. Been doing a lot more of those recently. So will the art and that feature pull me over to the side of the cryptids? Maybe. Grid movement, hand management, abstract strategy, fantasy. It's a game of cat and mouse. Only 20 bucks. 20 pounds. Oh, so it's going to be more than that. Uh, right now, uh, the dollar to pounds is 1.2. Mm, so your so 20 it's... pound coin will net you $24. Yes. Okay. I don't know why they have these listed in pounds. Euros. Or I mean, pounds, actually. It's not even euros, right? It's not euros, which is their right, you know, but I'm just surprised yeah. that I just thought there was already localization maybe happening. Like, it's the Gen Con's here. Right. Are they going to accept not American dollars while they're here? That would be interesting. Would be. You know, it might be fun to just have like a handful of just in case shekels and, and you know, um, yeah. hay pennies just in case. Yeah. Honestly, it feels like a handful of board games to trade would get you further. That is the ultimate currency, right? A Gen yeah, <laughs> I would think so. Next up is Undaunted Stalingrad. That is, it's the Undaunted series that has been very popular. Lead your troops, oh, lead your stalwart troops to victory in World War II's most infamous city. I mean, it's really the rounding out the hat trick of games you're probably not going to pick up from Osprey Games, right? We've got no. tense negotiations, yeah. spooky game, war yeah. game. We're just hitting them all. Yeah. Deck bag and pool building, dice rolling. I like those things, but the war game and World War Two. I don't think it's going to happen. This is 90 pounds, British sterling. So it's going to be over $100. Oh, yeah. For 45 yeah. to 60 minutes. So, I mean, you're not even getting a pound a minute. <laughs> I I am surprised it's that expensive. There could be just more here that I don't know about. I mean, I'm vaguely looking through the images and to see if it's like, oh, it comes with all metal pieces or is this yeah. is hand-carved pewter. I, I don't see those things, but maybe it's in there. No, I don't see those things at all. Um, there's very few images, in fact, at this point on Board Game Geek. So that might take a little more Googling to find out. I won't be doing it, though, because... You might, though. The one hope of Osprey Games is their final game, Village Rails. It's trains. Okay. We've played trade games. Yeah, Locomotives and local motives. Oh, ah, ah, boy. Ah. Oh, boy. They did it. It's got network and route building. It's a card game. Of course, trains. And there's some sort of a market involved in this. Only 20 pounds. Yeah. So, and one dangerous. of the designers, Matthew Dunstan, we've talked about him, I think, one of these, maybe the last episode a recent episode, he also did Pioneer Days Chocolate Factory. Like, his name has come up uh, as we've gone through this. He does a lot of the adventure games. That might have been where it was. Echoes, which are another kind of mystery. But it, it's those same escape room type games, but it's all with sound clips instead. Oh. And, yeah, Monumental 
Next Station London. I think that one just got on to Board Game Arena. Yeah, his name is familiar. And of the ones that I've played, I've liked his games. Yeah, it seems fine. I mean, it's pretty classic. Make a route. I think it goes to a bus station or a train station. And then there's tickets and different trains. I mean, it seems fine. Yeah, it has the look. It doesn't look completely unlike Buttonshy game and the fact that they seem to be like all these cards and you're just kind of laying out the cards to build your own tableau. But it seems that everyone gets their own tableau. And honestly, I feel like giving them the money just for the pun of locomotives and local motives. That's a $45 pun and they're only charging 20 pounds for it. I know. That's crazy. Now we have Pegasus Spiel next and they're bringing all kinds of stuff. Oh, those images are very different when you just see the top four. A lot for the brain to process. Yeah, we have Battle Through History, Bubble Trouble, Carnegie, Deadly Dinner. Now, Carnegie and Battle Through History, they're not looking that different. They're neighbors. Bubble Trouble, boy, it looks like a toddler cartoon show. Oh, for sure. Like, it should be on the front of a shampoo bottle. That's not going to cause any tears. Yes, this is... Oh, could not be more accurate to the quality of the animated animals bumbling about in the sea that we see on that cover. Um, But we will go ahead and start with Battle Through History. It is two to five players. It's $60. We're back to regular American dollars. Time travelers gather an army made up of troops from different ages. Deck bag and pool building, dice rolling, card game, fantasy. But I think fantasy for this one is just that they're with one another. There may be, like, literal historical figures in here. Not exactly sure. Yeah, that's my understanding. The fantasy is just the time-traveling part. Because I think it's like, oh, I'm going to go pick up Ben Franklin, and then I'm going to go get Daniel Boone. I don't think at any point then you're like, so they can ride a dragon. Like, I don't think that's happening. Right. The Red Baron. Leonidas. They all seem real people, I think. A board game adventure with the famous... Swedish heavy metal band Sabaton. I do know the Swedish band Sabaton, but... Do you seriously? Yeah, yeah. I listened to them earlier today. That's not even a joke. Earlier today? <laughs> earlier today, yeah. Um, yeah, the 82nd... I don't know. Uh, well, that's... Flight. I'm clearly farm... That's going to take a lot of my distract... Like... Sorry. I don't know what's happening anymore. I didn't expect to see their name. They are on the front <laughs> cover, and I certainly yeah. didn't... You, you're like, oh, yeah, you mean... Sabaton Mondays. I, yeah. <laughs> that was today. How, how do else you am celebrate I gonna... the fourth? Right. Mean, how am know. I going to celebrate our independent nation if I can't? Okay. Well, there you go. I think now you should get it. I mean, I've already turned away other band-created board games, which is insane. Yeah. There was this like werewolf one created by, uh, it's not going to come to me here. We had a conversation. It was like uh, mid-pandemic, I think. Like early pandemic. So I guess just these metal bands are just making board games now. I'm fine. Sounds great. Why wouldn't they? And in Europe, I think widely speaking, board games can be a bit more culturally popular than they are here. It's just more generally true that people are picking up modern board games, maybe in Europe. Maybe that's why then bands cross over. But even so, this seems like such a weird one. But maybe one of the people from the band helped develop this game. Like, what do I know? Could be. I, you know, I do like the idea, like, you go to a, a heavy metal concert, you buy a t-shirt and a three to five player board game. game. Like, as your, like, souvenirs. <laughs> Seems great. 
Oh, man. So Bubble Trouble, it is for kids five and up. So this is very much a family game. It's one to four players, and it's a cooperative sea adventure where you aim and throw skillfully. That's what's going on with Bubble Trouble. I don't think we... I don't think we'll be getting it. No. Carnegie, one to four players. This one's on Kickstarter, and I thought about it a lot. But at some point, you have to just close the app. You can't infinitely buy board games. Uh, for this one, you become the most influential entrepreneur and benefactor of your era. I think there might be a a slant to this where you also have to like do good things for society because, you know, a lot of these figures as such didn't always or did so kind of reluctantly at the end of their lives to kind of save their name. Right. So I think it's classic Euro goodness, action retrieval, area movement, economic, industry manufacturing are the tags that are given here. $70, kind of what you expect for a big old crunchy Euro. It's a big one too, it looks like, yeah. Yeah, and I think you might be able to play this on Board Game Arena. Yes. Excellent. A good place to give it a go. And I think there's a mix on uh, digital games when they're this big that on one hand, it does the work for you. Like it, it's setting things up. It's kind of rules checking for you. It's not going to let you do things you can't do, which can be a lot of admin for a game like this that you're otherwise managing yourself in the physical world. And then also you can, well, if you do it async for a big game, you can spend a lot of time thinking about your turn and not feel like you're kind of holding things up and actually understand what your options are before you make a choice. The weight on this is 3.81. And really, as you get close to four, that's that's pretty heavy. It's Ian O'Toole Art, ranked at 547 right now. I, I think it could be climbing. And something like BGA might give more people exposure to it that wouldn't have necessarily bought it and then tried it, you know? Oh, that's true. That's a good point there. Yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks fun, you know, in that very, we all, after three hours of learning, will know how to play that game and yep. we'll like it. Cause it, looks ex- thing. it looks exactly like that. You have your own player board with lots of things to track. There's just a, a map and a lot of tokens in a lot of places. It looks to be quality, but it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, won't, won't shy away from that assessment. Now, what does not look to be a lot is <laughs> no, Deadly no. Dinner... And uh, these maybe are both expansions or maybe these are separate games where one of them is called Red Carpet in Ruins and the other one is called The Last Rose. So I think it's like a murder mystery romance. It's got acting as the first mechanic. I can't even. I can't so, even. So, no. you know, I don't Six know. Six to eight players. 180 to oh 240 gosh. minutes. Like, this is a very specific thing that is happening here. The That was for the Red Carpet and Ruins. The Last Rose is five to seven players. Same play time. Ah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 180 to 240 minutes. That's a long time. That's a whole, like, murder mystery evening then. Yes. And, you know, that's probably a fun... It says a deadly dinner. So I guess it's like... Ah, what was it on The Office when they did that, like murder box game thing i, I think do it's that. declare what was that i think it's that there's been a murder <laughs> like i think it's that thing so if you want to do that i guess at work um or 
has a dinner party. Like, I think that's the idea is that you have a dinner party and do this. Which for $45, if you bring eight people over, what else are you going to spend $45 on and hopefully have a good time? It's going to be cheaper than the food. Um, Not definitely, but probably. I hope so. I hope you're (laughs) I mean, if you get them all just Kraft Mac and Cheese, then it's not. True. You got to afford the game, too. So, like, you know. Yeah. That's fair. It's a $50 evening, but. Right, right, right. It's just, and mac and cheese. The Dwarves Big Box. I like, now, I don't really like the cover. I like the axe they put on the cover. Is this like the book series, The Dwarves? Is this where this is coming from? I don't know about the book series. I mean, there's some books I've seen at the local Barnes and Nobles that say the dwarves, and it looks really cool on the cover, but big books. And as we've talked about before, deterred by a big book. I, there seem to be some minis you can paint, and this is the big box. It's not making me excited by looking at the components otherwise and what's happening here. Oh, you know what? It does say from the novels by Marcus Heights. Yes. Okay. So it absolutely is about novels. So if you know someone already interested in the dwarves, this might be a fun little thing to get for them. Now it is $65. So consider how much you like them. This is a cooperative yeah. game. It's dice rolling. It's fantasy. And it is, you know what? It says it right there. Novel based. Oh, well, you know, some yeah. novel can mean different things. Like, ah, oh, you know, it's just a novel uh, game, you know? Yeah. Novel novelty. Idea. This time I think they mean books. Right. Makes sense. Um, the art's cool, you know, which I think is expected. Lots of cool drawings of dwarves. I, I thought it was okay. I'm not the target audience. I uh, I guess I'm just a sucker for a dwarf drawing, you know? I don't yeah. have a high high bar. Oh, I have a surprisingly high bar, it turns out, for dwarf drawings. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, now, next up, Fire and Stone. This is two to four players. Klaus Jurgen word... Am I saying that right? It's so unlikely. But that name sounds familiar. I think when we click through, we're going to find some titles we are familiar with. But first, it's $45. You scout new lands, harvest nuts and mushrooms, and finally build villages. I guess it's because it's the progression of society, but it also feels like, gosh, when in this game are we going to build villages? Right. Jeez. Out of nuts and mushrooms. Oh, you know why well, those His are going to name... be terrible villages. <laughs> His name sounds familiar because of Carcassonne. That's him. It's the Carcassonne guy. He also did Downfall of Pompeii. That's a game that uh, we have Rapa Nui, Mesopotamia. He's done other things. He's done other things. But Carcassonne is the thing that you're thinking of. Yep. It seems okay. I don't know that I'm getting like crazy excited about harvesting mushrooms and then turning that into a village, but it's fine. Well, when you look at the overall board, we're seeing like the earth right more or less flattened out and then you know you have your little your own faction or group so what we're actually doing i mean call it mushrooms call it whatever you know what i mean right i get it it yeah i think it's great that it sounds like they've eliminated the like and destroy a civilization on your path to like expand but also i think my brain just kind of like well, I have to destroy at least one civilization uh, if I'm going to get anything done. Like, I think just as part, it's been so bred into the expansion right, model that, like, right, it seems right. a little less than to just end with mushrooms and nuts. Yeah, it does say worker placement, civilization, and exploration. But it does not say, what's the 4X? Because you're kind of getting at the 4X. Exploit, expand, exterminate. There's another one. 
so you're kind of saying you want the exterminate maybe and maybe also a little more exploit. I think I'm just more familiar with those more than I would say right. I want them. And so when they're not present, I feel like it sticks out a little. Now, something you're theme. probably not familiar with. First rat. Rats <laughs> no. collect items for building a rocket to the cheese moon. Oh my gosh. So if you struggled with fire and stone, whew, this is going to be more of a reach. It's point to point movement. It's a race. It's an adventure. They're animals. One of my players, $40. I'm surprisingly on board with this from the get-go. Uh. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I have, because once you were building, you know, anything to the rat god moon, like I, I'm just, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Let's okay, let's okay. Yeah. Why wouldn't we go to the cheese moon? What are you talking about? Yeah, right. Um, the cards make no sense now, but I bet do a great job of explaining it once you know how the game works at all. Uh, lots mm. of arrows and directions. Oh to things. gosh, yeah, that's a lot yeah. of icons and arrows. <laughs> It's a lot, and, a lot of pieces. How much is this again? $40. Yeah, but it's cardboard. And I think that's the thing oh, where sometimes you look at these other games and they are the same price with so much less or whatever. I think it'll it's things like this where you see everything in here and you're like, 40 though? So what's the, what's the deal with that game up there that was way too expensive and had very little in it? Yep. It looks pretty well produced for $40. And I believe... I haven't actually watched a playthrough of this. I've seen it on a playthrough. And I think that all of the little kind of oval spots along this, I'm going to say trail to the moon, though I don't know that's what's happening. They change every time you play. Like you put those out randomly. Mm. So I think that's there could fun. be... I like that. Yeah, a lot more replay value. It's not like, well, I figured out kind of the, the plan for this and now we're all just fighting to execute that same plan. I think if it's changing right. like this, that probably gives some flexibility. I don't know that the board needed to be as busy as it is. No, but it does feel rat-like in that way, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. scrambling, scurrying. Right. This is the board for it. Right, right. Framework is the next one. Now that's Uwe Rosenberg, who did Patchwork, among right. other things. And this is one to four players, though. It's not like the two-player like Patchwork. 30-minute playtime, $40. You choose a tile. You place it in your area. And complete the tasks. Not so much an imaginative theme there. Opposite of Rat King or whatever that game was. Yeah, yeah. you're just like, yeah, you plays a tie. This is board games. Or have you been paying attention right. at all? <laughs> you, you, you choose it, you place it, and then you we give you some points that don't mean anything. Thank you for the $40. I mean, it, it does not look appealing, but boy, I know I'm going to play this for 13 hours on an app in six yeah. months. So. I would like it to look better. Yep. It has a classic look to it that makes you think that they had this game for 10, 15 years. And then we're like, oh, we should release Framework. It looks like they unearthed it from yeah. like, oh, we were in a tomb and we found this game. And now yeah. we're going to make it in a cardboard version. Yeah. So I think I could go for an artistic overhaul that would maybe excite me a little more because since it is just tile laying like that's not going to necessarily pull pull you in i think they could have done a little more with that now i do think the different you have kind of like a metal frame kind of earthy green frame you have a braided frame and a brick frame a wood frame i think those different um, materials probably make it like easier to see if you had like colorblind issues. And I think a lot of times mm -hmm. these abstract games 
will just be like, oh, yeah, we made it in these four colors. You'll figure it out. And it's very little work to just go ahead and like put an icon on it. When you're looking at those big Euro games, it can more often be evident what's what because there's just so much going on. Right. In something simple like this, I think that is at least nice. And that's the nicest thing I can say for this artwork. Mm-hmm. Terrible drink time. I, I took a drink of water. I'm not even going to act like I didn't just like <laughs> contribute nothing hey. in, a, in a poor choice. No, you're allowed to drink water. Part of that pause was I don't know how to say the next one. Fife? Fife? It means it has to mean something. I've been sitting here going, what could FYFE stand for? It's all kind of like a vacation location, it looks like. It says South Seas and that you're going to dream cleverly. Clever. Whoa. Cleverly to collect victory points. Uh, Let's let me look into the description a little more and see if it's. um, Yeah, it's tile placement. You're going to dig in the sand. Can you arrange your discoveries in ideal scoring? combinations i mean it's a grid i like an island themed game but it sort of doesn't i'm not seeing the 50 dollars per se the surfboards as the what i believe to be the like scoring tools on the outside is kind of fun oh very cute very cute yeah i don't know that that's enough no we're at 27 dollars. the turtle drawing yeah. another two dollars i'm at 29 <laughs> Um, we got a little ways to go. Yeah. Hmm. So who knows? There, yeah, I think there's a little, there is either more going on here that we can't discern or it is simply not for us. And that could be, it's only, it only says tile placement. That's the only information we get. We don't even get three or four like all the rest of them have. Yeah. Very strange. Now also not for us. I imagine happy hopping. This is a two to four. A player game. It's for ages six plus. So again, it's it's for children. It is thirty four dollars, and you play all at once and make the frogs jump in this skill game. It's set collection. We've had this game growing up. I've done this game. I've flipped oh, those frogs before. Oh, because the frogs are little plastic pieces, and then kind of yeah. there along their back is a little tab that you push down, and then when released, the frogs like hop. We've done this. This existed in our youth. These frogs definitely did, whether or not they were part of this board game. These frogs definitely did. I don't know if they were happy, but they were there. They were hopping. Furious about it. (laughs) Uh, The next one, Raccoon Robbers. I tell you, a lot of raccoon, raccoon tycoon, raccoon robbers. Yeah. Two to four players. This one's a little more stereotypical of a, of a raccoon image. I like the oh, yeah. tycoon version better. You know, let them succeed. Oh, yeah. this is pretty fun and silly artwork, though. You win the race to the golden garbage. Wait. Oh, you win the race to the golden garbage can and help the raccoons in search of food. Hey, is this, this the same Carcassonne guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, designer. Okay. You know, last thing I expected from him, but that's me. That's me being limiting. Right. It's got these fun, like, building cardboard. Yeah, like, some, they're some like at an mats. angle. Like, they're they're gently 3D. Like, you prop it up so that the board is angled. And then, right? Are these little ledges that it's on? Or is that just... Yeah. Nope, it's what? ledges that you're... Ra- like, the raccoons are climbing up. Well, that's pretty cute. It is pretty fun. Boy. How much is this? $35. Oh. And it's push your luck. Gosh. If it were $25... I hate to say that I'd probably just get it. I, 
I like push your luck games because you can't have some grand strategy that becomes tense negotiations with the other person that you live with. Like, like as an uh, as an example that I'm pulling out. Right, as a, as a hypothetical that may apply yeah, to some people. That's a hypothetical. World. Yeah. Right. I'm not. Uh, I'm not mad about raccoon robbers. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Surprising. Huh. Okay. Now, Sky Mines, one to four players, seventy dollars. You mine the moon and invest in promising companies to make yourself a fortune. Sounds exciting. It's hand management. It's investment. Economic science fiction. Big board. Big board game. $70. Hey, yeah. It better be. Yeah. And it looks exactly like you think it does. So there's nothing. And by that, I mean, there's not like when you see the board and set up. There's not something that you go, ooh, what's that? It's like, yep, that's a board game. Right. I need to know all of this, and I currently know what none of it means. I'm already behind. Yeah. Like, there's nothing where you're like, oh, I see what you're doing over here. Nope, not at all. Like, you Mm -mm. need to read all of the rules to know what anything is doing. Absolutely true. Finally, for Pegasus Spiel, from Reiner Knizia, the good doctor, Turtle Mania. So it's it's for children. It's ages five plus. It's two to four. It's $28. It almost looks like it could have been a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Something about the font there says, like, oh, yeah. it's close. But maybe that's just because that's on me that I think of them every time I see Turtle in green. In this one, what are you doing? You're pushing turtles through a palm tree portal, an opening. Yeah. And I think you're trying to get, like, to not push them off the side. That's just me guessing. Mm. It seems like a push turtles in, but don't push turtles out. It's movement points, it's action, dexterity, and, of course, animals, little turtles. It's very cute. It in no way looks like like it is a children's game. Like, they don't put age limits on, like, anything. I guess they're like, you know, do what you want. That's not the point of what we're doing here. But this feels like a game with an age limit. Or as a nice palate cleanser after like a really big game where you're like, yeah. no, we have to play Turtle Mania yeah. before we do anything else. Just to like soften that argument we got into over, you know, land grant disputes in the previous five hour game. Right, right, right. We have a Rhino Hero, which is you just you just bend cards and stack them. That's the yep. game. And it is also for children. But Aaron and I played it because we're just playing all the games in our collection. It was still fine. And I feel like it's something that I bring up a lot of like, you know, we do have this one toddler game and it's like a kid's game. I'm not a toddler. It's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Turtle Mania would be just a nice way to relax after dinner. Just push a few turtles around. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be hard to get like into like a real upsetting argument, I feel like, at mid-Turtle Mania. I don't think we should pose that challenge to Aaron and I because <laughs> I think we can make it happen. I got pretty upset about the way that he played Kabuto Sumo, and it doesn't look that different than Turtle Mania. That's fair. So we're going to leave Pegasus Feel. Move on to Pendragon Game Studio. I think we already talked about the thing, and I don't know what game studio it was under instead or like what uh, game publisher. We talked about the thing, right? We did, because I thought it had existed for a long time, found out it didn't, but now it's showing up twice, which makes me question reality even more so. Yeah, it's one to eight. It's the official board game based on the cult movie. And since we've talked about it once, I'm just going to go to the next game. Now that is by Perplexit. It is Long Shot the Dice Game. We have an entire episode on it. And spoiler, we like it. Whole bunch. Please listen to this other episode. I'll put it in the episode description so you can jump right to it. You can do that right now. Like, we're going through these games, but live live your life. Longshot is great. Yeah. It's $30. It's at Gen Con. Buy it. You should buy it. 
now. Oof. Phalanx games. Phalanx. Thank you. Phalanx. Phalanx? I, uh, one of us was going to have to say it and it was not going to be me. Yeah, I know what it is. That's like that wall of spears and shields, but I don't have to say oh. it often. Re- rarely does it come up in my business conversation. Well, that figures because the first game, 1941, Race to Moscow, is where you command one of three German army troops racing towards Moscow, pushing back the Soviet army. And their other game is successors, which is Alexander's generals fight amongst themselves to succeed his empire. Yeah. War game, war game, war game is what I heard you say. I know you said different words. Now, I think the first one is maybe not a ward game. It might just be a train, pick up and deliver, but it's expensive. $115. One of four players. And then the successors, it's the fourth edition. So, you know, they're doing something. It's also $115. Now that is a war game. It's campaign, battle card driven, area majority influence. Yep. Yeah, I'm, cool I'm scrolling. Figures. Cool figures. Oh, for which one? For I'm- successors? Yeah, like there's, I don't know if they're people or soldiers or gods, but there's like a bunch oh, of... yeah. It's pretty cool. They have little numbers at the bottom. Oh, there's a ring. And a big old shiny... I don't know. The components look lovely. It's the fourth edition, so that kind of figures. It looks very big. Oh, I just saw the big shiny helmet you're talking about. I think that's a Kickstarter only. Oh, there is a ring. Yeah. It does get wackier as you keep going there. It get, it's, get, it's wacky. That's a wacky one. 300-minute yeah. playtime. Personally, I'm going to move on to phase shift games. Yep, let's do that. Now, the first up is Dungeon Drop Expansion Dropped Too Deep. And I believe Dungeon Drop, they maybe give you some kind of like border for your table. You just drop all of these cubes and then something about which color cubes and you triangulate and it creates the game board randomly by just dropping a bunch of stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting... It's a fun use of dice. And they, they're just cubes. They're not even dice. Hmm. Oh, it's just cubes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not convinced that they actually give you, like, a border to keep these from just tumbling wherever they might. They may not even give you the cubes. It <laughs> might be all in your mind. So it, it's kind of it, intentionally very random and also feels a bit like I made a game by dropping things, which is a little strange, but... It must be going over all right if they have this uh, dropped too deep expansion. Prepare to drop yeah. deeper is the tagline. Well, you can also, as the next one is, uh, cast some wizards and spells, or I guess cast some spells via wizards. some wizards in the dungeon drop expansion. One versus all and a fifth player. Oh, you can actually invite a friend for this one. One versus all. Yeah. And the Tavern Tales Legends of Dungeon Drop seems to be... Very similar. Two to five players where stories become legends. But this says auction bidding, betting and bluffing and deduction. So maybe that is something different. It comes in the same kind of box. Maybe we're not dropping anything at all. It'd be pretty cool if you were like betting on the dungeon dropping. Like it was like a side game. I don't know if it is. That's pretty fun though. They have pictures at some kind of convention. Doesn't look like that's what's happening at all. Looks like they're trying to say, we don't just drop things. (laughs) <laughs> stop accusing right. us sometimes we set things down with intention <laughs> but that's everything for phase shift games that's that's their deal which means we're on to plaid hat games and a couple ashes reborn expansions i do not play ashes reborn i don't either i know of it though it's a legacy card game um so if you're into ashes reborn you're gonna probably be into these because that's how those types of games work yeah. so 
Have a blast. It's the, or not. <laughs> the artist of dreams and the queen of lightning. They're each fifteen dollars, and it's apparently two player games. It looks like it's like versus kind of game. Duplicate conjured spirits to confuse enemies in the artist of dreams, and throw lightning spells across the battlefield to destroy your enemies in the queen of lightning. Seems very appropriate. Yeah, great. Familiar Tales is the next game. Now this one, one of the highest price tags we've had, eighty bucks on that yeah. one. Yeah. This is a campaign game, though, so... Mm, and cooperative. Maybe that's why. Yeah, you're working together Hopefully. to keep a princess alive. Okay, cool figures. People painted them beautifully. I would not do no, that, they'd but... be gray. Oh, yeah. But... That's so uh, much of what people are doing else. is painting the figures, so you can't... Not getting a quick sense of anything else. It looks like, you know, you have a character, they have health, you've got some cards. It's that. It, it really does, yeah. Like, uh, what was that stuff? Stuffy fable? Oh, kind of. Yeah, like, looks a little like that. Looks like that. I the stuffed fables had um, the same book that Jaws of the Lion eventually got, where it's like a scenario book, so you don't have to make the map. You're not actually making the map every time. Like you're flipping pages in the book, and then the map's just there for you with all the story and everything. Right. Um, and I don't see anything like that here, but also I'm mostly seeing pictures of people's painted minifigs. Right. There's a spiral-bound book, but I don't think it has... Oh, I think it does have them. I don't know. The characters are on a page in the spiral-bound book. I don't know if that's actually the map or not, though. So it might be very similar to that. Yeah, it looks like there is a storybook type thing. It looks a little more like the Ravensburgers doing these like book tale things. There's one for the Princess Bride, there's one for the Wizard of Oz, where it's like a board, but it's a board book what you usually give to like toddlers but full board game size kind of uh board book it looks a little like that where you flip pages okay um, yeah. in a book like that interesting don't really know anything about it it released apparently a little earlier this year in april but yeah hefty hefty price tag and the next set and really finishing out for plat hat games are summoner wars decks Neither one of us play Summoner Wars. But in case you do, there is a Cloaks Faction deck. There is a Fungal Dwarves deck. There is another Fungal Dwarves deck, which I don't really know the difference between those two or if that's just a mistake. And then there's the Sky Spear Avians deck. Have at it. I do like casting spores, so maybe I'll give it a shot. But um, Yeah, yeah. So... Not All those four Summoner Wars second edition. We are on to Plan B games, and the one game they have listed here, which is Equinox, but the Gollum version, and we are a sucker for a Gollum version of a game. Am I we? ever? I have all three of the Century Gollum games. Yep. The Equinox came out. Uh, this is 2021. You bid on mythical creatures, then help them become storybook legends. Card play, conflict resolution, and fantasy. I haven't gotten this one yet because I've seen it around. It's $40 and it's just a little more than what I want to pay for what it is. And I just don't know. I think I'd just be buying it because I have all the other Gollum games. I think I'm supposed to say Golem now, but I don't know. I'm stuck in my ways. I have all the other Gollum games. Yeah, which, I mean, there's worse reasons to do things, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool art, though. I mean, that cover. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I do like it. Chris Quilliams is the one taking my money by making these neat Golem pictures. Hey, you know what? Good for yeah. him. 
He found a it's niche. It's working. I mean, And I honestly, yeah. I thought that maybe like those, his artwork maybe existed before put onto, because otherwise I don't know why there would even be that edition for a century in the first place. Like I have no idea how it came to be. I don't really understand why it's continuing, but I like it. Yep. It's pretty good. Portal games. I think they'll probably have way more than this. They had more last time, um, but they have Brazil Imperial, and that is $70 4X Euro game. So we were just talking about 4X games not that long ago. This is one to four players. You build your own Brazilian empire. I mean, it looks like everything you would expect. There's hexes. Yeah, looks great. There are wooden tokens on hexes, wooden tokens on another board, and lots of stern-faced conquerors on the imagery. Stern face conquers. Now, if you get into the cards, lots of natives oh, I've not seen on the that cards yet. as well. Yes, some, I mean, they seem to be accurate to what natives would wear. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm interested on how the hexes, like, seeing the different images. Because yeah. it looks like you're building the world to some degree that you're, right. I guess, trying to conquer. Right. So that's kind of an interesting part that you don't see in a lot of these is maybe kind of building it as you go, if in fact that's what's happening, which might not be happening at all. <laughs> yeah, it looks interesting though. I think you are, each picture looks different enough of the board state that it makes you think that you must be building something. There also seems to be like some layering happening. That yep. one looks really interesting. Yeah. I don't love 4X games, but this one does look interesting. Well, what are your thoughts on making books? Into it. Printing press, are you kidding me? Well, excellent, because Gutenberg is now the next game we're going to talk about. Oh, and it's got little printing press pieces. Oh, that's a little tough there. Printing press printing pieces. Printing press okay. pieces. That's adorable. It's pretty good. The board looks pretty standard, like maybe some sort of resource converting kind of bigger mm -hmm. game. But those printing press pieces. Yeah. Just little letters. Become a pioneer of printing and create the most renowned workshop. Why wouldn't you? Uh, one of four players. And yeah, $70. Ah, uh, this looks, it looks pretty good. Honestly, both these, I like portal games and they don't always do big games like this, but I think it's sort of like, if we've gone for the big game, you can trust us that we didn't mess around. If we're going to go for it, then we're going to go for it with something good. And that looks to be what's happening here. There's some sort of a gear mechanic where you have like uh, two different gears with different bonuses that kind of rotate oh. around. And I think can like set you up for like double bonus yeah. things. And things like that. And I think you know it's coming, maybe. So you can, like, kind of plan ahead. Uh, it's kind of a fun way of doing yeah, that. Yeah, it looks great. We should... I wonder if you can play it online anywhere. With the gears, I feel like that could be kind of tricky. But that looks very cool. Yeah, agreed. That's high interested, possibly even the must-have category. Oh, it's, it's getting close. And I don't know how many of these... You know, you have the opportunity very often to have it, like, demo to you or maybe even play it while you're there. But that's also all a time commitment, you know, because you still can't actually play all of these before you buy it, even at Gen Con. So, yeah, it as we keep going down the list now, we're like we're getting well past half at this point. But you're trying to kind of pull together what all can I feasibly get and what all can I feasibly try before I were to buy it. So yeah, and some of it might just be like word of mouth about what you start to hear people talking about. I know last year, one we didn't get, Vagrant Song was, they only had like a few copies. They were letting them out every morning and didn't end up getting a copy of that. But it was like the thing you heard a lot about. You heard a lot about Furnace, just here and there and passing conversations. So 
I think sometimes games that you're on the fence about, that might be kind of what pushes it when you just hear people, everyone kind of saying, oh, yeah, it's got some buzz. Everyone who's been trying it out has really liked it. I like that. Yeah. Buzzworthy mm-hmm. game. You mm-hmm. know, what's the what's the water cooler reviews? Yeah. Let's finish this one off with Pretzel Games and Yak. This was released a little earlier this year. It's two to four players, $45. And you build a great and colorful stone tower to guide yaks in the Himalayas. Do you ever? Those are large yak pieces with carts. And those carts are carrying different things. The little yak pieces have like little horns. It's the cutest thing. It's a pretty impressive piece game. I don't know that we've seen one yet that wasn't like some sort of massive gods and armies game. Like this looks right. approachable yes. with awesome pieces. It looks like sometimes those kids games have like, you know, they have the little flipping frogs. It has these things that are really fun to interact with. Um, but then it's still ultimately just a kid's game. This looks really fun to interact with because the yaks have these little wheeled carts. Like there's actually little wheels on them. Yeah. So it looks, sure if is. you told me that this was actually for five-year-olds, like I'd be like, okay, I might play it. Um, but I believe this is just a regular eight plus. So, you know, approachable, but not like straight up kids only game. Yeah, it looks pretty fun. I uh, I definitely probably would want to play it before buying it just to make sure I didn't get tricked into like a counting game <laughs> where it's like, well, how many stones are in there? I'm like, ah, oh, spent $50 on this game. Yeah, I know that you can see playthroughs of this online i think the brothers murph did one that might have been on twitch not that long ago but so you get a sense of this before you even go and i think that's kind of one of the reasons of course i want to get through this list because i decided to have podcasts for the whole thing and it's a it's a whole bunch of games and they added like not a hundred more but close to it after i thought it might be an okay idea but also to get through it to see which of these games can you already see like a preview on And you don't have to wait until you're there at the convention to be trying to get a glimpse of so many different things. Right. No, that's a good planning. Yeah. And as as I said, when we've been doing this list, a whole bunch of them got added. So once we hit the end of this, I've been keeping track. And our next one's going to be R&R games. I'd say we are into the last 25% now pretty solidly. But... At the very end, we will do one, exactly one episode that has everything that we've missed so far. So everything that was added to this after we already recorded that publisher or that part of the alphabet. And then we call it. So if more things get added after that, they won't be covered here. No. Um, but I know there's already some things I'm very much excited for that are a part of that list at the end. Well, I'm excited as well. I'm doing this with you here. I don't even know what those are. <laughs> well, Good. you'll see soon enough. That's true. That's true. Thank you so much for listening to episode 60. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. If I'm correct, this episode is one of a long string of releases that are happening really close to one another. It's possible that there might be five coming out this weekend. It's, it's hard to say. 
So you might be able to hear the next episode immediately, which will be picking up with R&R games as we continue through this Board Game Geek Gen Con preview list. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 59 more episodes headed your way. The next one being still the Gen Con 2022 Board Game Geek preview list. I, I'm doing this for the sake of the format, but I think you know what's happening here. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.